Trek Companion. This is episode 316. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Star Trek Picard's second season episodes, Fly Me to the Moon and Two of One. Here we go. Fly Me to the Moon, Season 2, Episode 5, original release date, March 31st, 2022. Directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Cindy Apple. Guest cast include Brent Spiner as Adam Soon, John Delancey as Q, Annie Wershing as Borg Queen, Penelope Mitchell as Renee Picard, Leah Thompson as Diane Orner, Leif Gonvert as Morris, and Evo Nandi as Leclerc. The Supervisor acting as a guardian angel for someone on Earth, introduces herself as Tillian and explains to Picard that she is tasked with protecting his ancestor, Rene Picard, because Rene plays an important role in the future. Meanwhile, Q approaches Dr. Adam Soong, a disgraced geneticist who is desperate to find a cure for his daughter, Cora's terminal genetic illness. In exchange for a vial of medicine, Q requests Soong's help. Back on the, the Lysenera, Queen taps into the ship's communications to broadcast an emergency call to lure a policeman onto the ship. I have devoted my entire being to protecting one individual. That person is your ancestor. I want you to remove an obstacle. Does the name Picard mean anything to you? We'll get him out. Alive. There is a divergence coming. Let go! We need to protect the tapestry of history. All our futures depend on it. Adam, kick us off on Fly Me to the Moon. So obviously, we you know we jump right into this um, episode. You know, we were just talking um, pre-show. You guys have been watching Picard, and it's more off the deep end, Mister Scott. Yeah, <laughs> it's more episodic as as opposed to what we're um, you know going through right now. So I mean, boom, you know, we're right into the next episode. <sighs> does I mean, this was a little bit of a. I don't know why they made this choice with. With uh, the supervisor, you know, um, getting um, getting her to play a completely different role. So, um, you know, to kind of explain the episode, you know, Picard, he, you know, they're whisked away by the fog and they end up in an apartment and she starts to, to explain to him who she is while he still thinks that she is um, from his timeline. So, you know, there's that going on. I don't, I don't know why they made that choice. I think, you know, I, I think she's a great actress and she plays the role well. And I think her and um, Stuart have, you know, good chemistry. I don't know if it was really necessary. I mean, if they were going to have her in this season, just bring her along as the real character. So we have to go through this whole kind of convoluted thing. Let's talk about the Laris thing for a second, because I thought I'd remembered that they explained it. I mean, I, I remembered that they explained it, and I clearly remembered it wrong, because they don't. Why is does she look exactly like Laris, except I don't? she's not Romulan, right? She doesn't have the ears, but I think, I think yes. they... I think she becomes Romulan down the line, if I remember right. She, yeah, we can reveal the season, right? So she yeah, is okay, Romulan. They, she reveals the ears later, but they don't explain how she's because Romulans don't live this long. No, that's just hundreds no. of years. There's no way that she's just the same character in an alternate timeline. So the best assumption you can make is that she's an ancestor of Laris that looks exactly like her when all when the season's all done. I guess. Okay. Well. This is stupid, then, because when they do that with Soong, nobody's like, "Holy crap, he looks exactly like Soong." It's kind of been a running joke. As soon as they don't, they can't do that, you, right? But they are saying that about Laris. Holy moly, she looks exactly like Laris, and then that makes us go, "Why does she look exactly like Laris?" Uh, and you've got the same guy in the same episode, Soong. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a silly decision. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't thought it was unnecessary. Like I said, I like the actress, I like the character. Yeah, sure. I like what they're they're doing, and I'm like, well, what's the point of like? recreating a whole new 
character for her. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, you, it, it kind of just throws me for the first five or 10 minutes of the episode. And then you just kind of like, all right, this is what they're doing. And you just kind of go with it. But okay. I, I don't know. All I don't right. know what the, what the necess- necessity of, um, for that would have, would have been. Um, okay. So continue. I'm sorry. So, you know, obviously, you know, um, Brent Smiter's back and as, as soon, but that's, that's been a, a thing going all the way back to enterprise that, you know, Brent Spiner has been playing the, you know, the, the previous generations of, of Dr. Sung. So, I mean, that doesn't throw you off. I'm like, you kind of expected they, they kind of, they did that in the first season with, you know, his, what was it? His brother? Was that who Sung was in the first season? I don't know. Anyway, or son, I don't know. But anyway, you know, that's, so that doesn't throw me. That's something they've been doing in Trek for a while <clears throat> with Brent Spiner. And it kind of keeps him involved and, and, and that's fine. I, like I said, I just didn't, didn't quite get the Tillian, thing but it is what it is and um the the borg stuff is interesting on the ship um you know i, I you know I, I think this episode's a little bit better than the last one we did in the, the last podcast but you know it's just things that just you know progressing the storyline you know we get into um renee who is um picard's um ancestor and you know all the picards you know as, as we find out did something famous <laughs> in their lifetime i mean every single one of them so here's the deal you know she's supposed to go on this mission um to europa um obviously they don't have a lot of historical information about this time era because there was a world war three and things got all messed up so they have kind of convoluted information about renee only thing picard knows is that she went on this europa mission and was a big hero in the picard family and um obviously her not going on this mission um means that earth changes into this neo-nazi world so and we start to realize that Q, I mean, they've been hinting at this a couple of times that Q is kind of off. And we see that more here. That's the reason he goes to soon to, you know, to request his help in, in dealing with um, Ricard and Renee. And um, yeah, that's, that's what we've got going on in this episode. So Q is, <sighs> Q is actively trying to make this happen. This bad alternate future. That's not his MO, right? His MO is, subtly kindly maybe a tiny bit helping out yeah and that's what's so convoluted is that i i watched this like a year ago and i don't remember it's it was such a mess and i mean i, I put that in my notes that like this is so convoluted I, I don't recall less than a year later what q was up to because it, it obviously looks malicious right now but it all ended up cool or whatever by the last episode yeah. i don't know and i guess I guess their only explanation for that is he's, you know, he's losing his powers and he can't do anything at will anymore. So he has to get his hands dirty in other ways. He doesn't have complete control of the situation. Basically. We'll talk about another thing, like less than a year later. I, I remembered that Renee Picard, you know, that had something to do with storyline here, but like the scene, the actress, I'm like, is that her? I don't remember. Like, you know, I, I just completely could not remember her at all. Steve, what what are your first thoughts here? Yeah, I think it's 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 so much it's fairly forgettable because I think you know when you have these convoluted plots that you're trying to piece together and it doesn't it re- doesn't create any kind of like real emotional reaction, positive emotion emotional reaction in you, that you just kind of I don't know repress it. I'm not sure, but that's the only explanation I could come up with. So it is convoluted. They're trying to stuff a whole lot of things in this. We have um, what we saw from season one to season two, this kind of 
this feel of almost like an ensemble cast, like the ones who aren't playing the same characters, we're going to recast them into other characters because we see that with Brent Spiner and and the uh, Soji Asha and the other, you know, all this kind of stuff we see uh, with that, which that's fine. But a lot of these things just serve as something of a distraction because you're trying to follow along with their motivations. So this is a continual problem in this in this series, you know, from season one into season two. I, they also do that kind of like um, heist thing here, right? It's, just, it's, it's like, so how many bad. times have we seen this? It's like, it's a formulaic kind of deal. And it, it just doesn't, it's not particularly Star Trek in feel, right? And so no, it's, a, it's a crappy Mission Impossible knockoff. And it, but it's bad. <laughs> That's what I care about. It's, yeah. it's, it's bad. It feels like a freaking student movie. It's so stupid. Right, it's, right, right. It's nonsense. Let me they treat it like it's the first time anyone's done it or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, this. This, this, sex, this Okay. So. The security is so good that these people from hundreds of years in the future, these these people can't get in, but they can. They they can get in to just fake one ID. The security is too good to fake more than one ID, but they can do fake one. That's stupid. That's nonsense. Fine. But okay, fine. And the whole plan is contingent on Gerardi specifically getting taken to the security room <laughs> and that happening while they're... <laughs> in time for them to the rest of them to get in and all of this is so that they can go to the gala for what damn reason to to watch renee talk her down or something you, you think as a watcher you, you think as the watcher would have, do that i don't know after the gala it okay fine while they're there there's like a text she sends Q a text that says she's going to quit right then. Okay, maybe. That test didn't happen until they were already there. It seems like a stretch. If all you're really trying to do is to get her onto the quarantine the next day, they're going to go to this crazy, these crazy, absurd lengths, which already on their face are stupid and nonsensey. <laughs> but they're going to do all this so they can get into the gala in the hopes that Picard has five minutes alone with Renee to talk her out of quitting. This is stupid. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think, I think the big writing mistake to me is that they always start at the end. Like they want to get to this end point and then they work backwards in whatever the simplest way they can figure out how to do it to get back instead of, and that's fine as long as you are looking at from front to back that the organic kind of flow of it. And yeah. as soon as like, some point of logic just breaks, you got to like start again, but they, it's like, it's, it's lazy or something. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, we were talking about Q a minute ago when like, if you look at the next gen episodes, when he pulled these kind of things on Picard, he was always an observer in, in the situation. And, and that's, what's weird about it with, with this one. It's like, you know, he's an active participant in this, you know, you know, test for Picard. And I, I don't know, man, I, I guess it feels to me like there's a lack of writing creative. It's like they just make it too complicated than it needs to be. You know, we were talking about Guinan, how they made that character convoluted in the last episode. And, you know, and we, you know, it's just, just overly complicated things that don't need to, to happen. You can make the story more about the characters and, you know, their emotional impact. The only part of this episode that I really did enjoy, I enjoyed the um, Jurati and Borg Queen stuff. I thought that was, I liked that a little bit better this time. You know, the, the dialogue between the two of them, the scenes, you know, we, you know, and here we eventually see what, what happens, you know. I might say that in the next episode. I don't know. In this one, it's just, it's the, like she calls the, 
it seems convoluted. She calls the police so that they'll come so that she can hold one hostage long enough to get Gerardi to come talk to her. She's just looking for attention. I mean, and then Gerardi shoots her. And, and the convoluted, and the convoluted things that are going on in this episode, the, that was the least convoluted. Um, but I like. We'll talk about them in the next episode. I like some of their interactions, but here it's. it's I don't. I don't know. Gerardi, you know, she shoots the queen. I mean, you know, we know what happened in the first season, and it's, it's a traumatic event for her. And it, you know, they made it kind of bloody. You know, she was <laughs> the splatter all over. So I mean, uh, that was the part of the episode. You know, I'm trying to, you know find some positive in that and that to me that storyline interested me and it kind of interested me interested me going forward i think you have to make like you know real made-up answers to say why soong's androidy daughter looks the same as um soji and stuff and i think this is the problem they're, they're trying to find things for all these actors that they have hired or they have a contract that you know they want to get you know I don't know if it was. It's fun having watching Brent Spiner. It's it's really fun, but I mean, I don't know if it was necessary to have him in this season. I don't, I don't know. Like I said, they made a lot of choices to throw a lot of things in here that maybe they thought fans would enjoy. You know, seeing Guinan character. You know. Yeah. Like well, I mean, Brent ultimately, Soong, You know, what Q, does what much. does Soong or the daughter have to do in this season? I mean, really, he's supposed to try and stop them. He's supposed to try, try and stop Renee from going to quarantine in exchange for something that will help him save his daughter who can't be in sunlight. And then we find out he's kind of a monstrous guy. Yeah, but I mean, what what like real effect and connection to the season does either he or his android daughter have? Well, it gets gets both of them in the season that's kind of why i look at it they wanted to get brent spiner back in this and um i, don't, I can't remember the actress's name it was in the first season they got her in this free Jonas. yeah right yeah i don't know i i thought this episode was bad i did not like it and in the face of <laughs> you know just getting more of picard season three this week which is so wonderful it was very hard to go back to this <laughs> very very hard oh but i did feel like i accomplished something in that i'm like i i know i'm never gonna watch this episode again i know i'm never gonna watch the next episode again as long as i live and so i feel like i did something i achieved something another complaint i had you know you're you're throwing all these other characters in here and i've kind of noticed that you know seven to nine hasn't really had much to do in the first you know five five six episodes she drove that suv through the city remember no that's right I mean, she was the president. What was it? The second episode. I mean, you know, she had an important role. But not I mean, giving her enough to do is a, a one bad choice among a million bad choices. You know, it's they they they're not using their assets. They're have these convoluted plots, just sticking everybody in positions because they want to reuse everyone. You know, it just doesn't make sense. They're just this isn't um like American Horror Story or something. It, it, this is Star Trek, so you can't. It doesn't make sense to do those things. It just doesn't. And did Rios did Rios start seeing? Um... Oh yeah, Elnor. Yes, Elnor. Yes, Elnor yes, hallucinations. Yes, yeah, Elnor. Rafi. Yeah. Rafi. My bad. We're not Rios. Rafi. Kind of gives her something because she hasn't had much to do. You know, she was pretty angry. The last yeah, I, I wonder um, if the what's the name Evan, the actor playing Elnor, gets like a full paycheck because he's in like one shot in, in each of these episodes. I think one shot in this one when they rescue Rios from the bus and release all the immigrants. And then I think he's in one shot in the the party scene in the next one. 
Yeah. So, and then it goes back to Steve's point. I'm like, you know, okay, we have our main cast. Um, and I think two of them really don't have much to do at this point. You know, Seven, Rafi, Rios, we have a little bit, you know, he's still kind of going through this, like, love interest that's kind of faded away. They haven't really, you know, it's, except for the second, you know, third episode, they haven't really, you know, they go back to it again at the end of the next episode. But yeah, I mean, so we have all these other things going on and we're not really focusing on our main cast that closely. So that, that's kind of, you know, that to me, that's kind of just the, where I'm just like, okay, I'm not really caring about my main characters because you keep throwing all this other stuff at us. Is this episode about anything? No. Yeah, I, I I could make something up or stretch it out, but I, I don't I don't really know what they're I don't know what this episode this episode is what it's about is just moving along the storyline they have on here. I don't know if they were By trying the standards to, of no, our podcast. If this episode is not actually about anything, it is likely to be a not good episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't I couldn't say what they were trying to say in this episode. I don't think there's a you know a focus there. All right. I mean, I, it sounds like you guys didn't care for this episode that much either, but maybe you didn't dislike it as much as I did. I I disliked the last episode more than I did this one. I don't. I maybe mean, that's just like oh, you you start you just surrender to what they're doing, and you have to just ride along with it. Well, let's go find out. But first, let's do six degrees for fly me to the moon, Steve. Yep. Picard references Kirk's Enterprise. Ziz, I guess, ownership, encounter with another watcher, Gary Seven. Name the final episode of the original series, season two. So you're asking for the title the episode, of the episode, the title of the episode. that the title Gary the Seven episode. appeared in. Exactly. Okay. The title of the episode Gary Seven appeared in, which also happened to be the final episode of the original series, season two. Oh, yes. Okay. Wow. I think that's one of those titles that sounds like a, a bunch of other titles. Um if they'd gotten the spinoff, I think Rod and Mary wanted, I wonder if they would have gone with the name of this episode as the name of the show. Mm, I, f- I fear I'm going to mess this up, but is it Tomorrow's Yesterday? No, that's a good guess, though, because isn't Tomorrow's Yesterday another one where they go back to the 60s? That's the one where he's, they, the Enterprise mm. uh, encounters the jet fighter in the sky. Ah, uh, yep. Tomorrow's Yesterday. Right. So another one where they go back in time to the 60s, but not the one I'm looking for. Adam? <laughs> I meant to look this up, but I didn't because when I watched, I was like, "Me might ask that question." I'll just go with the Watcher. I'm just yeah. Uh, assignment Earth. Yep, Assignment Earth. All right, nobody got that point. Moving on. Two of One, Season Two, Episode Six, Original Release Date April Seventh, Two Thousand Twenty-Two. Directed by Jonathan Frakes, written by Cindy Apple and Jane Moggs. Guest cast include Brent Spiner as Adam Soong, John Delancey as Q, Annie Wershing as Borg Queen, Penelope Mitchell as Renee Picard, and Sol Rodriguez as Teresa Ramirez. With the Queen's help, Jurati gives the crew access to the gala. There, Picard is confronted by Soong, who alerts security that Picard is dangerous. Jurati and the Queen cut the lights and create a distraction by singing a jazz cover of Shadows of the Night. The resulting rush of endorphins allows the queen to take full control of Jurati's body. Hugh, having taken the role of Renee's therapist, strokes her insecurity with text messages, and she begins to flee the party. Picard finds her and persuades her to go through the mission by talking about his mother, who also loved the stars and also had mental health struggles. I'd say so far so good, but you know her best. Uh, she looks all right, but... She's gotten pretty good at putting on an act. Is this 
thing she does with the real love. Right. <laughs> Truth is, I've been protecting Renee from afar for 24 years. I may have lost my touch a little when it comes to engaging with humans. You've never spoken to her in all those years. It's not just a rule, it's a code we live by. No connection. I'm a ghost. It's the best way to keep her safe. And who is watching over you? Uh, this episode was... There was a part in this episode that was so stressful for me. There was a part when Soong has apparently donated a large sum of money so that he can get on the board very quickly and get into this party so that he can go tell the people that uh, run the company that um, Picard shouldn't be there. And you see all these shots of the security guards as they're looking at Picard and he's trying to get away. And I just thought, oh my God, they might kick him out of the party. That's... It's very stressful. No, they just would have put him in holding with the, the mm. other security people. You know, they would have cupped him to the chair and holding. That would have been all part of the plan then. Get him in there and <laughs> take care of business. Steve? Nope. Yeah. Oh, so wait. We can't... I gave Steve the first good question last time, but I asked Adam to kick off, didn't I? I don't think I've ever made that mistake before. Because I always give the whoever I give let kick off is who gets the first question. Hmm. See, I, I see. I've got so much I pay attention. I don't even know that's going. I, I always do that. Always, always, always. <laughs> I flipped it. Why did I do well, that? I don't know. Well, but well, I'm not going to mess it. I'm, we're going to fix it. Steve, kick us off on two of one. All right. Well, we're just continuing on this fantastic narrative, and uh, well, in the first part we had the heist trope. Now we're doing the flashback, like we learned something that's startling, like maybe they'll kill Picard in a car accident and flashback to the beginning and they keep doing that throughout the whole episode which is great so um that that that's going on and uh it, it, it's just more of the same really we're just continuing on trying to get to that point obviously patrick stewart's fantastic when he's talking her down and trying to convince her which is the, apparently the point of this whole thing uh you know He's great. Anything he says, I, I think. I think they they probably know that if you really want to save some crap, save the kind of crappy stuff, you just basically create some kind of dialogue for him to just deliver in some fashion. He could read the dictionary or whatever, and it would be okay, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, then it finally, of course, it culminates in one of the biggest WTF moments I think in Trek history with the Pat Benatar thing, and uh, we move on. And we'll pick it up next week. So that, those are my reflections on this. This episode had a flashback within a flashback. <laughs> While we're flashbacking to the accident, which, by the way, the accident was silly because <laughs> Suga's sitting there in his car realizing he's failed. And then he's clearly like starting his car because he's going to go run them down. And he must have just thought, I'll bet you that she walked away from the party far enough that she's going to think the fastest way to get back to the party is to come outside and go around. So I'll be able to hit her. What luck that worked out. And that was good for him. I mean, it didn't work because he ended up hitting Picard, but you know, it's a good plan because it was a stretch. Uh, Adam, what are your first thoughts? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, you know, you start the episode off and then, you know, you, oh, 24 hours before or whatever, you know, I, unless there's a reason behind it, 
I, I, I don't particularly care for it. And I don't particularly care for it in this instance because we know Picard's not going to die. And another thing, he is an, he's an android now. So hitting him with a car shouldn't, I mean, yeah, he's, they made him look the same and, you know, he's going to pass away at a normal age, but I mean, he should be, have the durability. I mean, you know, and and it's not like they forgot about it. It's, it's kind of like a, a little running joke that's been kind of going on throughout these first several episodes. And then we have to deal with it at the end of this episode where, you know, you know, he gets shocked and the paddles go nuts. So, yeah, so that, that shows us that for sure there's still something else in his body, right? Yeah, so I don't I, – why do this? Why make this choice that – why are they trying to – like, oh, he's been killed and he got hit. And, and it wasn't like anything like Soong had this crazy weapon. He hit him with a car. That should be nothing for an, an android body. He should have been like, oh, I'm fine, got up, and that should have been it. But okay, that's that's what they decided to do here, so – fine um yes um the shadows of the night it kind of comes out from nowhere um like complete nowhere the only i mean she sings it well that's you know i, I enjoyed it i enjoyed her i enjoyed her rendition of it <laughs> i imagine them in this in the writer's room being like this is so crazy it just might work <laughs> and then you see the episode and you're like nope <laughs> it didn't work sorry I agree with Steve. The best scene of this episode is the scene between Picard and Renee. But getting to that point was so like, yeah, they're at the party. Um, him and Tillian are having this argument about like, should we talk to her? Should I interfere? You know? Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's convoluted because it's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I care about Tillian because I care about Laris. Yeah. That's where this is heading. And so I'm like, in the previous episode, when you were saying you like the character, I, I did think, I like Laris. I don't know if I like that, Tilly. That's what I was saying. Whatever. I like Laris. I like oh, okay, the Laris yeah, yeah. character. You guys ever have uh, at work, you're like in a meeting and then you realize that thing where like, oh crap, this could have been an email, right? <laughs> I was watching this episode, that one good scene when he's convincing her to stay. And I thought, this could have been a phone call. <laughs> in the first five minutes of the previous episode, he could have called her and convinced her not to. And we mm. wouldn't, and all the rest of this stuff we didn't need. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, you know, then I mean, I I kind of find I find the Girardi stuff interesting. Her and the Queen, um, yes, that's it's it's interesting. Other than you know the Shadow of the Night stuff, it was weird, but it didn't it doesn't ruin that dynamic. Got lucky the band knew that. Yeah, that, exactly. That, that track really well. Well, they they in the right key. Even. Yeah, man, they're all they are virtuosos. Yeah, professionals. Mm-hmm. yeah, really good. But no, I, I like their the Borg Queen and Girardi's interactions for the most part, and I I, I like. Just the visual of the board queen standing in that party—that that, that was interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a clever way, you know, for for the queen to take over, getting her endorphins up, and take over the body. Yes, it was all the elaborate plan to get her endorphins up so that she could completely take over. That's that's neat. The biggest thing they've done in these first two seasons is that they they don't spend time on the things that are working. You know, we we identify these things that we like that we think are good little nuggets, and they just don't spend time on them. And so they instead they stretch out this nonsense for two solid episodes out of ten episodes in a season, and most of it is like you said, it could have been an email or a phone call or whatever else. And they could have done something with the stuff we do like. And I just I just don't understand why they don't see what's what's working and, and, and the connections that are, you know, the what's what's working out and it's gelling and it's actually something that we can 
characterization and whatnot. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Three of our main cast members in this episode, you could have just left them out because Rios, Rafi, and Seven really had no point in this episode. I think it's like someone has a fantasy of some kind of weird set piece and they just like write the episode to get to that point, you know, and they, they don't care what happens or how quality it is or anything, you know? I mean, because, you know, we brought this up in the, in the past, you know, like when the main characters, when they're not focusing on the main characters at all, I mean, obviously they're focusing on Picard and Jurati, but after that, we don't, you know, none of, the, none of the main cast has a lot going on and it's been, you know, multiple episodes now that they don't have anything going on with them. It's fine to leave like one out, you know, like one as a, I mean, you know, I get that, but when you have a bulk of them and they're there and they don't, you don't have them doing anything substantive in the episode, it just, it makes me care less about them. I like that final image of just completely out of context. I like that image of Jurati board queen walking the streets of LA in that red dress. I'm just trying to find positives here. The how many transplants has he had? All of them. That was a funny joke. Renee's name isn't Picard's nephew's name was Renee, right? So yeah, I just, believe so. I yeah. assume it's one E. But yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, French speaker. If two E's is, would be female. Right. Yeah. Like my daughter's middle name is two E's. Yeah. Yeah. I learned something today. <laughs> what was that? How to tell you what a poor man's mind meld? Is that how she described it, or just kind of like a? She was talking about yeah. going into Picard's brain. So I guess she taught herself a mind meld too. You know, <laughs> I read a book and I know how to do it. Actually, yeah. So it's it's clearly setting up the next episode, which is the go into the mind and see all the kids stuff, right? Yeah. I'm glad that's going to be the first of our two in the next one so that we don't end on that because I remember that one being a slog. <laughs> you, you mentioned this a minute ago, Steve. It's like... I know I watched this last year, but I'm like, I've, I've retained like not as much as I thought I should. Like I mean, you were mentioning Brian in the last yeah. time, right? When Renee showed up, I'm like, who's, what is this storyline? And it took me a couple minutes to go, oh yeah, that's what's going on here. It just doesn't pop in the mind. When things click and they, uh, they affect you emotionally and if stuff doesn't, doesn't ring true to you, you know, in some respect, all the details and the facts to me, they just kind of go out the door. I mean, that, that's, that's, I think that's why I don't remember so much of this. Yeah, when when I look, when I was thinking when I look back, you know, the only thing I kind of held on to about this season is how it ended. You know, right? How where they got to the, and I think I mentioned this in the the first episode that when we started this season, I I I liked the destination to where they got to. The journey just was just all over. The, it was just not good. I'll just leave it at that. That Picard Renee conversation scene is where there's the flashback because that within the flashback. The, the, <laughs> flashback. I'm like, flashback. Are you kidding? No, because that whole scene is a flashback, right? Because we started with him injured, and we're jumping back. And then she says, your mother was lucky to have you, or something like that. And then he has sees the images of his mother and him as a child. So, flashback within a flashback. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, that just goes to the goes to the point that we've been making. This, this It's just very convoluted and unorganized. What I don't think we mentioned it in the episode. We were talking about Guinan, and, you know, and I don't think we had it in the episode. But what I'd read was, and the convolutedness, I know we're going back, but the convolutedness is the reason that Guinan doesn't remember Picard is because in the timeline they're at, it never happened because... So it's just weird and convoluted, and there's just things that they do, things that are overly complicated for not 
for new fans, but especially old fans who are trying to get to watch this stuff. And if that was the case, then there needed to be a line from Picard where he like goes, Oh yeah. In this timeline, I never came back here or something, you know, something like that Mm -hmm. because there's nothing like that. And it's such a stretch and so not in keeping with other Star Trek time travel philosophies. It sounds like an after the fact made up reason trying to save their butt to me. But anyway, what is this episode about? Two of one. Is that is two, two of one referred to to Laris and? Oh, I thought it was supposed to be Jurati no, Board I'm, Queen. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm, just, I'm just joking. I failed to find humor in this episode. I failed to find fun in this episode. I failed to enjoy this episode. I mean, if if there's anything, this one might be trying to say something. You know, you can point to the scene between Renee and um, Picard. Um, about the difficulties, the mental difficulties that everybody struggles with, um, the melancholy, you know, the insecurities. And, um, you know, so there's a little something there. And I do mean a little something because the rest of the episode is just kind of, you know, kind of all over the place, you, you know, the mission impossible, if you will. But I mean, I, I will say that they, they did say something about like mental illness and the, and the struggles with that and, and how to cope with it. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would focus on that. I mean, I, they clearly that may be where they were trying, what they were trying to do. It's just there wasn't enough in the episode to support it because his speech, I think, was good. There was a lot of good nuggets there. You know, I like the the notions of uh, fear doesn't say anything about something else. Fear is just fear. It's you know, and and you just it's the interpretation and dealing with all these kinds of things. I like that. It's just that nothing else in the episode supports that, and so. That's what we've, where we've seen the failures. Where is it on the on the occasion when they actually have something to say, they don't they don't back it up with with the with the narrative and the rest of the episode leading up to that and so on. So, the the only other tangible thing in there that might link to that is um, Jurati. You know, obviously, she, her character has this loneliness, and you know that's been you know, and these insecurities too. So that there's a little bit of a connection there and that's why the queen is able to kind of, you know, take her over. So, but right, it's not right. clear cut and they don't spend a lot of time with it. We're, you know, we're seeing androids get hit by cars and text messages being sent by Q and. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it this way, there is a, there was a real missed opportunity here to talk about something relevant. I mean, it's talking about, um, you know, anxiety and expectations and, uh, and especially uh, for women in this world, it's a very prescient topic. It's it's real. It's now, and they just kind of like you know touched on it, and uh, it makes you wonder if they even if it was accidental that they even got got to these points. You know, maybe they had another scene and then they cut it so they could have Jurati sing. Right, you needed right. time for a whole. Scene. But they probably paid you know Pat Benatar some royalties. So, and this is the first episode Q wasn't in, right? Well, John Delancey wasn't in it, but but Q's. Well, sort of. I think they did the. They showed the face when they were. No, that was a previous episode. Mm. When he was doing mm. his. Um... And I, I know I harped on this a minute ago, but I'm like, yeah, I miss the interaction that the original interaction because Q would show up and like point out that Picard's doing something right or something wrong or just to show up to make fun of him about. No, here something. he's just. He's, he's an inter- evil he's entity. A, he's unlike yeah. the Q that we've ever known. Let's do six degrees for two of one. Adam, this is going to be pretty easy. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for ruining it for me. No, really, because it's been answered already. Trotty sings Shadows of the Night. This song was popularized by what singer in 1982? 
It's been said twice during this conversation. As recently as about 60 seconds ago. I should shut my mouth from now yes, on. Yes, you should have shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah, my, my bad. Pat Benatar? Yes, sir. It was Pat Benatar. You know, I thought it was her song. She, it wasn't, actually. She was like the third person. I had to look this up. She was like the third person to record it. I want to look up to see who else did that, but I probably won't. Yeah, it's people you haven't heard of. Uh, um, all right. So, yeah, I didn't like these episodes and... I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's me being cruel. I'm not trying to be cruel. I wonder if maybe Picard's season one and two are the worst seasons of Star Trek. I don't know. I mean, there was some stuff in Discovery that we didn't like, but I didn't necessarily. I don't know. So for season three, is season three is it all, all the same creative minds that were involved with one and two? No, Terry Madalis, uh is the showrunner. Uh, but for all my feelings about the, these <laughs> these two seasons or these two episodes today, oh my God, we got Picard's season three, episode three, a couple days ago. And it was, I think I enjoyed it even more than the first episode of season three. It's amazing. It's so great. We're not going to talk about it at all, except for me to say it's so great. And sounds like my colleague Steve concurs. Adam hasn't had a chance to watch it yet. Or actually, he's just waiting so that he can binge it, which is understandable. But it's so wonderful, and I want to keep reminding our listeners of that, that we're going to get to it in just a few weeks. <laughs> but it's so great, so you should watch it. Well, I mean, we, you know, we've been kind of bashing, you know, obviously we've bashed season one. We're not we're not too keen on this. I mean, you've just said, you know, these might be the worst two seasons of Star Trek ever. But maybe that's what had to happen so we get the season three that that, that we're getting you know i mean i've already watched season three more than i've watched any episodes from seasons one or two and listeners of this show would know that i've watched some of these episodes more than once so so i mean you can do the math there that's how great season three is so what do we what do we start season three as soon as we finish season two a few podcasts from now yeah, I kind of looked into that. I think we we jump into season three when there's only like one episode left of season three or something like that. Well, we might delay our podcast a week or something to make it clean. To finish it, yeah. yeah. So what are, we, what are we doing, Strange New Worlds after that? What's left? I was These are not things that. we decide on air, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we will definitely not be doing? Look at that transition, huh? What a pro. Discovery season five, because they announced that it will not air until 2024 and that will be its last season. And clearly they shot the show and they've been in post for a while without the knowledge that it was not going to get picked up. And with the assumption that it was airing like this summer or something. So the assumption is that they pushing it in the next year so they can at least, I think it was variety. There was like one one place that had an article that said they were getting a little bit of funds to shoot a little something extra. So maybe they're going to change the ending. I don't think they're going to give them a whole episode because we probably would have heard about that. But maybe they're just going to change some final scenes or something. And this is part of the reason they're pushing it to next year. The bigger reason is just the streaming wars have changed. Uh, it used to be that all shareholders cared about was how many people are subscribed to your service. And now since... Last year, was it a year ago, whenever Netflix posted their first quarterly losses, you know, significant subscriber drop. And now all of a sudden shareholders care about, are you making money? So now we hear Disney saying they're going to spread out uh, the Marvel shows and the Marvel movies. 
for Disney Plus, and Paramount is pushing Discovery Season 5 till much later. I'm assuming Lower Decks is going to get another season. or No, they, they do have, they've already had the others. They're working on, yeah, Season 4. But I wouldn't be surprised if that you know airs later than originally planned. And so this is kind of how they're doing it. But the idea is 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 a, and a would a Discovery season six bring in people that have never subscribed to the service before? Probably not. So from that point of view, if you're going to make a Star Trek show with the hope of actually increasing revenue, it would be smarter to make a new Star Trek show. Hopefully that's what they do. And we, you know, we talked about this. We'll get into it when in next year when that comes out. But I mean, like, I, I kind of feel like this, they box themselves into a, a corner. I mean, like, where was that show? Where's that show going? I mean, where where could they take it? I, I just well, that's easy. Just go another nine hundred years into the future. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. They still haven't officially said given Strange New World season two a start date, but. Now, I mean, originally I thought it would be right after Picard season three, but I, you know, now I think maybe they're going to wait a month or I don't know, two, whatever. They're probably going to wait a little time and spread them out a bit. It wouldn't surprise me if they waited until the fall. I don't know. Would you want to release it in the summer? I hope they don't wait that long. Yeah. Well, I know I, I don't want to wait that long either, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's number wise, it would be better to wait to the fall. Money wise, rather. Well, that's all right. I can just rewatch Picard season three a few times before whatever next season comes out. That's how good it is, folks, so far. So far. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. We're going to be back in two weeks to talk about the next two episodes of Picard Season 2. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us. Until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. so much for spending an hour with us bye guys until next time take it easy (laughs) bye guys see you over a decade over a decade we've been doing this show i say take it easy (laughs) then adam says bye guys (laughs) and you you ask questions of that the wrong order oh snap (laughs) Stefan, I passed it.